Welcome to our podcast, Beyond the Seminar Parts. Today we will be jumping into the topic hyper independency. We will be focusing on two major parts of this, which is emotional and social. So please come on in, have a seat, grab a glass of wine, and enjoy. All right, so to set our intention and to set the space as a sacred space, we're going to all just take in a deep breath right now where you are. Just take a deep breath in and out. Let it out slowly. And today we're really going to focus on what we're pushing what energy we're coming with to this conversation. So Jordan, what is your intention word for this conversation? My intention word for today is going to be understanding. Okay, beautiful. Ebony, what is your intention word? Um, judgmental. Okay, all right. Okay, Jen, what's your intention word for this conversation? Um, vulnerability. Oh, I love it. Okay. My intention word is going to be introspection. Mike, what is your intention word? Come on, guys. We know this. Fun. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun for me. Okay. Trish, what is your intention word? Um, perspective. I'm going to go with a lot of different perspectives right now. Okay, beautiful. All right, welcome. Thank you, Percy. So as we were saying, our topic for today is hyper-independence. And really, it's this, this idea that I'm seeing so much on, on social media, Facebook specifically lately, this idea that I don't need anybody. I, can, I was born in this world by myself. I'm going out by myself. I don't need any support system. I don't need any friends. I don't need any help. Like I, I can shoulder this whole world. By myself um, and it's really such an unfortunate mindset like it, it's really such an unfortunate thought process this idea that you can't trust the world so much that you're forced to go through it by yourself um, and you know we talked about this a little bit before but it, I feel like it's really a trauma response like something happened in your childhood that was so traumatic that made you feel like you can't trust the world that nobody is reliable that nobody is honest there's no safe places. And so you internalize all that and you just push the world away and you end up alone and sad and in this hypersensitive state. Yeah. Like it's like the most, one of the most toxic things, this idea that you should do it on your own, that you have to climb up all the mountains by yourself. You're already supposed to know everything or figure it out. Um, I just, I feel like it's so, this is such an American idea too. I mean, like there are other cultures that are, you know, about community and family and um, there's an expectation of relying on each other and interdependence. And we're like, we're wired for interdependence. And I just think all the time, because I struggled myself, you know, with like how bad I feel when I need to ask for help or, um, you know, admit I don't know something. And I've done so much personal work around like being okay with asking for help, being okay with admitting I don't know things. And what would it be like for it to be a given that like 
it's a gift to ask someone else for help or that what we're meant to do is rely on each other and it doesn't have to be a tally of what I owe you or you owe me or a sign of weakness. There's just all these messages we get and I, it's just so, so detrimental because at the end of the day, I feel like we find, we try, we are constantly trying to find ways to make those connections that sustain us. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's not for everybody. Um, we're just not given permission to do that. And, and if we had that permission, we're, we're doing it anyway, right? It's like what we do and uh, we're drawn to that for a reason. It's what we need. But what if we had that blanket permission, that understanding that like, this is what you're supposed to do. This is healthy. This is beautiful. This is like, we're supposed to rely on each other. Sometimes I might be a mess and you might have your stuff together. And other times I might have my stuff together and you might be a mess and it's all going to come out in the wash because that's the beautiful, messy part about being human and in connection. And like, I know just to have that, because what we lack is that I, you know, that idea that that's acceptable or healthy, you know, um, just gotten so twisted up and it definitely affects people differently also based on you know gender and race and culture you know it gets even more difficult um yeah when you talk about the cultural aspect of it you know one of the things that comes to mind for me is this idea that um that a, a lot of older generations uh, specifically and i speak from the community of color um i hear older generation parents saying, well, I had to struggle, so you should have to struggle too. I didn't have anybody to pay for my college, so I'm not going to pay for yours, even though I have the means to. Like, And I think that kind of reciprocates, keeps this concept of, of hyper-independence going, because really, you're, even your family is telling you, you need to be hyper-independent. You can't depend on anyone, even your family. And you know, when you think about it like that, it's just like, wow, I, I understand why people feel like they have to go through the, through the world alone, because in their home, in their safe space, you know, the place that's supposed to be their safe place, they're, they're being told you can't depend on them. And is that a structural trauma response where I'm gonna, I want you to be tough because the world is, is, is not safe, you know? So that's like, even at a structural level. So. Um. Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting because like you said, in order to be vulnerable, depending on where you come from, is dangerous. You know, love hurts and all the things that should be normal and appropriate are not. It's It comes from a very toxic place, but it's also you're inheriting your, your family's trauma at a very young age. So your perception about things are very real in that household until you get out into the real world and you're you're fighting these imaginary things and you're attracting that and don't even realize that that's happening. So I think that schools are so important because exposure for something different, libraries, community, park and recs, like all of that stuff is so critical just to give, you know, the younger generation a different look because exposure is, is key for that. Um, but you're, you're taught not to trust anybody. I was told growing up, you don't trust anybody. Right. And then it came to a point where I didn't even trust myself and it just became like this horrible, you know, way of being until I could see other ways that people were living. And I was like, wow, that's that's different. You know what I mean? So it's it's definitely taught at a very young age because nobody talks about how to. Um, Nobody talks about their trauma, and so you accidentally pass accidentally you happen to pass it on to the next generation without really knowing that that's what's happening. 
So it leaves you very isolated for this world. And we are built built for human connection. It, it's impossible to do this by yourself. Like that's the primary reason why we have like so many upset and hurt people walking around with rage. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, for me personally, I am a very dependent person in a way that like I trust that you'll have me and I'll overextend myself for others and you know just to kind of pay it forward but a lot of people with in my generation don't have that connectedness to that and they think it's wrong and it's actually quite the opposite of how things should should be you should make your own money you should um if if your husband doesn't do what he's supposed to do just leave him leave him because you can do it by yourself you can you can find someone else you can do it all yourself but i'm like that is exhausting and I would rather want to work it out than to just flee because I can. You know, that is an option of um, isolating yourself. But being able to, you know, work through it for me is, it, it seems more beneficial. I don't want to have to carry the weight all alone if I don't have to. But uh, my generation, it's leave him, sis. Like, that's a mantra. Like, you can do it by yourself. And it's just very confusing because I am so, I wouldn't say dependent, but I'm, I'm comfortable being dependent on others. So, yeah, it's, it's one of those things um, you just look at from a, from a young age. I was told it was safe to be, you know, dependent on others because, you know, my family, you know, they had me. Um, I was, I guess I'm really gullible. Maybe that's just a character trait of how I was raised. So I'm not You're sure trusting. where it comes from, but yes, trusting, yeah. thank you. Gullible is yeah. not a great word, but trusting because I know my yeah. intentions are always pure. So I just assume everybody else is going to be too. Yeah, so navigating through the messaging I'm receiving and then what I've seen growing up and it's just really interconnected and interwoven to try to figure out what is the, how do how do we move in society when everybody's fearing each other? Like, how do we shift that energy? How do we cultivate our own sense of safety and trust? And how, how do we just push forward through that? Um, I will have to say that's something that us as a whole need to work on culture-wise. Um, just piggybacking off of what Christy said, what Trish said, and what Jen said, I have became just personal experience. I have became a depender, as they would call it. Um, it was very hard for me because I did have that mindset of I can do it by myself. I'm going to do it by myself. I don't need you. Um, I'm going to show you. And I think it was more so for me mentally that and emotionally that I was trying to prove my point to where it became exhausting of trying to be this over independent person, you know, doing this, doing that and coming from once again, an African-American background, that's what we are taught. You can do it by yourself. We had to do it. Um, me personally, I'm just trying to break the cycle of, uh, now that we are able, I am able to help my children. Um, I'm going to help them. 
I, I wouldn't, I don't want them to feel like they have to be this independent person. Um, but I, and once again, that, that it's just, I'm not blaming my ancestors for what they did not know or my parents for that matter. They did what they were taught, but me, I see. So now I'm breaking the cycle of that and I will be, I, I will be focusing on helping my children instead of saying, oh, I did it. You can do it by yourself. No, if you need help, I'm, I'm going to pay for college. I'm going to pay for a car. I'm going to pay your apartment. Those things I'm pro I probably I, I probably will pay for because I don't want them to feel like, oh, they don't need anyone because in actuality you do. It's lonely out here in this world by yourself and that can affect you emotionally <laughs> and mentally so that's why that's that's pretty much what i had to say about that mike you've been pretty quiet well to uh let you guys know oh, 10 minutes has passed so there's that part um uh you guys said it very well. Um, I actually, while you guys were talking, it was just dawning on me that it, we live in, in a country where everything is so quick, fast, and hurry. We want it like this, like that. So basically doing it by yourself eliminates the effort of actually building a skill of reading people and knowing people. And basically, uh, as you get older, as, as our people before us got older, they knew what kind of people. They had a sense of who's good and who's bad. And even in the animal kingdom, you built up those senses throughout trial and error. And I feel like nowadays it's more so let's eliminate that process. Don't trust anybody. Don't be with anybody and just focus on you and yourself alone. But then some, at some point in time, you come into effect, you meet friends, you make the bad choices in friends. You, meet, you get into relationships, you make the bad choices in relationships. What could have saved you from the beginning is being exposed to other people and learning those characteristic traits and learning those things that you did not like, that did not sit well with you and basically building building up a skin, an internal personal skill to read people. And that's it, that's all I got. And I, you know, yeah, I think that's, that's a great point. You know, this, this skill of being able to read people, not just read people, but being able to interact and engage with people. Um, because a lot of times what I find is that people are so used to doing things by themselves that they don't know how to interact with other people. They don't know how to ask for help. They don't know how to reach out because it's, it's so foreign to them. Like I've been doing this, I've been on this road by myself for so long, I, I don't know anything else, you know? And if I did, if I was in a desperate situation where I needed help, I would drown with a whole, a whole crew of people around me because I wouldn't be able to figure out how to reach out and say, I need somebody to help. Right. And it's just crazy to think, you know, it's, it's not something that we're taught in schools. It's not something, I mean, yes, we do group assignments, you know, but when you think about the social aspect of interdependence, it's not really something that's taught to us um, by society. When you look at society, you always hear people talking about this business model, you know, climbing up the ranks to get to the top and stepping on all the people as you get there. But you never know what that person, where that person's going to be once you get to the top. You may need that person. But you were so busy focusing on your hyper independence that you missed out on all these 
opportunities. You missed out on all these interactions. You missed out on all these connections. Um, and you know, a lot of times we were talking about this hyperdependence coming from a place of trauma. And when you think about it, you know, we have these experiences. We shut the world out. We, we try and protect our hearts, but we're missing out on learning opportunities. Like every relationship, every interaction that we have, good or bad is an opportunity not just to learn about the other person, not just to learn about the world, but to learn about ourselves. You know, the strengths that we have, the weaknesses that we need to you know, to work on. Um, so when we have this hyper-independence, we just miss out on so much of life. I had, like, a, I guess a response to that. I mean, I think, yeah, and, and so often when we are pushed together in connection, we receive a message that it's for a function, for an output. We are, something's expected. It, the value is not in the connection itself. Yeah. Is we're connecting to do a product, to accomplish a goal, to meet something versus the value is in the time and the connection period, which is where the value, I mean, in my opinion, actually lies. That's the, the healing nature of it. Um, yeah. I well, like you guys said that it is, um, it's definitely taught to us all the way around too. When I, I, th I hear everybody talking like in school, you know, they, they don't want you to ask for help. And if you're asked for help, you're, you're pressed down, you're suppressed in different ways as you're growing up, not just in your household. So it becomes like this habitual thing where you're just like, forget it. I'm not going to ask anybody for anything. Um, but I wonder how like social media, especially TikTok, that seems to be like this wonderful, could be a wonderful teacher here and there has been able to, reach this generation of individuals growing up like are they asking for help do i know that the hardest thing to do is to ask for help is to admit that you need help even especially for grown people like it because it it seemed like you're weak or you're less than and that's really not the case like i'm always willing to help somebody but I, I can't help somebody until they ask you know like because i can't hear and i can't read the messages because they're mixed messages so I just I was I would wonder about that. I wonder about that a lot. But I know for me it was it was growing up like you don't ask for anything, you know, you do it by yourself, everything by yourself and it is very exhausting and it's it's a trap for to know, to go nowhere. <laughs> to go nowhere. We need human connection and once you build on that one, it should be a an excitement to keep building upon that because it takes you down so many different avenues where you never thought you would ever be and I, I wish that everybody could have that um experience because going to school i promise you i would not have talked to half the people i love them to pieces but i would not have talked and spoken to half of them and been friends with them for so long if we weren't in that space in time together so yeah just want to put that there um that's pretty good on that i i think um what we've all been saying is that it's pretty much relating to the uh past past trauma of basically you putting yourself out there and you getting hurt but that is a part of growing and learning in life and so i in where that whole concept of you know it, it, it um like you said about tiktok how it's a great thing for people are out there like putting themselves off going live and just talking and just answering and responding to other people, the random people across the globe, uh, questions and, and, and responses. And then it, it um, in a sense, it's like people built connections in that way. 
and even our format that we're using right now, we're going live. We're probably going to meet some interesting people as well. And it's 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 in these moments where we got to basically put ourselves out there and understand that it is a part of life, but it's not going to kill you. It's just going to make you better and more stronger and more intuitive into yourself, tapping into those other skills and abilities that you didn't know you had because you chose to be by yourself. People can show you, people may even spark through a conversation, something into your mind or into yourself that you didn't know that was dormant or that didn't even exist until you met a certain person and you started having these conversations. So that that's, I mean, I think, it is going to be a uh, awesome thing and a trying thing for people to try and dial down that whole "I don't need anybody" concept because it's 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 interesting. It's funny to me to hear it, but then it's also sad too because when it's all said and done at the bare minimum, at the bare facts, you can't do anything by yourself. Then you're stuck to a point: is your pride going to get the best of you to the point where you're not going to ask for help? Is your pride going to let you starve? Is your pride going to let you suffer alone? Is your pride going to let you like be homeless? Is, is, is that it homeless um, on your deathbed by yourself at a funeral, at a funeral with no one attending? It, it's, it's these things where people say that, but then they also in the back of their mind, they want to be known. They, they, they want people to think about them, but then they fail to understand in order for that to happen, you have to put yourself out there. You guys talking about putting yourself out there reminds me of my uh, my oldest son. When he was in elementary school, I want to say he was in like second grade. Um, he had a teacher, uh, and in that time, they don't have like the different teachers yet. So she was like his teacher for everything, and he was struggling with math. And I remember um, he came home to me one day, and he was just having a really hard time, and his he was failing math class, and I couldn't understand why because he's super smart. And eventually I was able to talk to him and pry it out of him and come to find out he was asking his teacher for help and she was telling him, no, figure it out on your own. And so every day for like weeks, he was, he was stuck in the room, wasn't allowed to go to recess because she was expecting him to figure out this concept on his own. And he never said anything to me about it, nothing. It wasn't until he, his grades came back and he was failing that I was like, okay, hey, what's going on? And even then, like I said, I had to pry it out of him because he had, from that experience, just from that experience, he learned I can't ask for help. Even though my, my mom is a safe place and she you know, tells me we can talk about anything, this experience tells me that I can't ask for help. And for him, it was such a, an integral moment in his life. And even to this day, you know, years later, he still carries that same mindset. If I don't know how to do something, I need to figure it out on my own because I can't depend on my teachers. And even though I've proven to him, like, if you need my help, I, I will support you. I would do whatever it, is, it needs, you know, needs to be done. That experience still plays over and over again in his mind. Even to this point, like, if you ask him about it, he'll, he'll tell you now. Yeah, I, I remember this time I was in second grade or whatever, and my teacher told me, blah, blah, blah. He's aware of it, but he, he can't shift himself out of that mindset. And even to this day, he has trouble reaching out and connecting with kids his age because he feels like well I can't I can't let you guys in because I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to feel this sense of rejection again. And he's 13. And I'm just like it's it's just it's crazy. It really is. Um you know, how how our world works. 
I have to agree with you on that because bouncing off of what you said in regards to uh, your children, um, I try to instill in all my I try to instill in all my children that I am here. Um, just be aware of who your mother is. Um, and I and I say that in a good sense because I want I don't want you to have I don't want you to be like, oh, I'm that independent person or I don't need help or I don't have to ask for help. Um help is the reason why the word help is because it's there for you to use. And after that, you it's and it's okay. You gotta make it a safe place. And I think some for us. We forget we did we wasn't taught that it was okay to ask for help. And I am teaching my kids that it's okay to ask for help because just with my daughter, um, once again, I had my daughter at a young age. And so it was me and her for a very long time. And it still kind of sticks with her because I do remember saying, you know, it's just us. We we got to do this by ourselves. And it kind of sticks with her to this day to where she is um she's she's independent. And when I say independent, she's we using the word hyper independent. I think she's I'm gonna use that on her because she doesn't ask for help at all unless it is unless it is a do or die situation. And I have instilled that in her long time ago is I want to be the last resolution. Um, I want to, and I tried to reverse that, but I couldn't because that's what I put in her. And that's all she knows is she's 24 now. So that's, that's what I'm working on as an individual as well. Um, because asking for help me asking for help as a 40 something year old woman is, is, is hard. You don't want that rejection. You don't, you don't like the feeling of that rejection. And so I think that plays a, that plays a very important part in hyper independency. You, you just don't, you don't want that. You don't want that rejection, even though you say in your mind, what the worst could, what's the worst that could happen. They can just say, no, who wants to hear the word? No. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Who wants to hear that? And, and yeah, it's just like Janika said, you know, asking for help is for a lot of people, it's a sign of weakness. And in our culture, we have this, this thing that anything that is, yeah, uh, she said, you don't want that judgment, right? Um, you know, anything that is passive in any way is a sign of weakness. You know, it's when you think about the masculine and the feminine energy, anything that's associated with the feminine is like weakness. And we don't want to, we don't want to be associated with it. We don't want that judgment. We don't want that stigma. We don't want any of it. So I would rather suffer by myself than potentially be rejected, than potentially be seen as weak. Yeah, those feelings are extremely uncomfortable to be rejected. And for you to be told no, especially when you've put yourself out there so many times asking for help, that's a bruise to the ego. And the ego is a very sensitive thing that becomes an animal <laughs> and it becomes a storm within you because that's just kind of how, you know, we're, we're kind of built. But in the same breath, be comfortable with hearing no, 
be comfortable with, you know, crawling through things, hopping through things, finding different ways and different avenues and being creative with it. Um, Cause you've got to be creative because a million people will tell you, you know, I think the richest person in this world said he was turned down like a million times. And I was like, wow, I needed to hear that. Like, <laughs> I need to hear that you've been turned down a million times and you still were, were resilient and came up with all of these, you know, you still held on to your ideas because you need to find your niche of people that will help like foster the, that kind of love that you have. For kids, it just makes me really sad because it is true. Kids don't know that they're being rejected. They just know that their feelings hurt. So like how we propose the question, like Jordan, like how you said, I went through that too. And it wasn't until I was working with the state that I realized the questions that I was asking, a kid's mind can't even like evolve to like answer that. So I was like, oh God, I need to know how to do this because I've got kids too. And I need them to understand like when you're shut down, there's going to be many other doors and many other opportunities. Like how can we go through that and be okay with, be, you know, being told no, this world is going to tell you no so many times and it's it's painful because you you know that you need help and some people don't recognize that they need help like i didn't recognize that i needed help most of the time because i was so used to doing it by myself it was so uncomfortable to ask somebody else for help and that uncomfortness i never want to sit in there because it was so like draining so that muscle memory was just so heavy like too heavy to carry um so i can't imagine like for the kids now too especially with the pandemic what that kind of looks like but just as an individual, you can see it on their face and just asking, just asking. Hell, you guys should ask me too, because some days I forget that I need help. <laughs> and I think that's a great point, you know, making it a habit, being intentional about, you know, checking in with our, with our peers, with our kids, with our family and being able to say, hey, are you okay? Hey, is there anything I can help you with? You know, opening that door so that you know they're a little bit closer to being able to ask for help you know, if they are in that uncomfortable place. And being mindful when people do ask for help in how we respond. Like, okay, if somebody asks you for help and you can't do whatever it is that they are asking you for, how are you responding? Are you shaming them? Are you blaming them? Are you bashing them over the head and making them feel like, why did I even you know open this door? Or are you being compassionate? Are you being open? Are you being receptive? You know, whether even in your rejection, you know, even in your denial, even in not being able to help them, how are you communicating that? Is it in an accepting, loving way, or are you just slamming the door in their face and then wondering why nobody asks you for help? I feel like the biggest gift, I've been, I've been sitting here thinking about, um, I don't know if you guys want to share, but thinking about like, maybe we could each share like what, what has helped, you know, I know I've worked really hard. I think I've heard other people say the same thing to learn to ask for help. Right. And uh, to reach out instead of just turning and trying to figure it out on my own. And so thinking about like, what is something that has helped each of us to do that, to unlearn this sense that we have to do it all ourselves. So I would love it if you guys want to answer that with me. Um, I'm just putting that out to the group because I think, in sharing this, like one of the biggest gifts that I think was ever given to me, because I definitely had that mindset. And I also had my oldest daughter very young and I had a sense that I had to prove to everybody that I could do this thing and I could do it by myself and I could do it better than everybody else because I was young and I felt like people expected failure. And um, it made it very hard because when you're a young single parent, of course you need a whole bunch of help. 
You know, like that's just the thing. And any parent, of course, you know, parenting is ridiculously hard, you know, but I also like just remember two people making comments to me that really shifted me. And one, I was young and it took me longer. It was one of my social work professors when I was in school and caught up in that young single parent lifestyle. who was just like, I remember having to write about ourselves for some social work class. And he was from a different cultural background. And I was talking about we were living with my parents. I had so much guilt and was so twisted up about all that they were doing for us. And he was just like, in the comments of the saying was just like, well, of course, that's your family. That is what family is to do for for you, you know, and, and that was like the first time it ever occurred to me that this was okay. And his perspective was like, of course, why wouldn't your family do that? Of course, it's not a burden to them. You feel like it's a burden. It's not a burden. And the second was much later. And I think I had the maturity to hear it differently. And it was just a friend of mine um, and kind of a support group program that I've been in that just said, you know, the thing about when you let someone help you is that you give them a gift of their ability to feel good about something they shared with you. And you both have the gift of you create your vulnerability creates a connection with that other person and they feel so good for helping. And so when you don't ask, you're denying them that gift too. And for some reason that in that moment, like that was a gift for me. And I've been able to just remind myself that not all the time, but I think for me, that really was something that helped. Like I still have to remind myself that, but anyway, so that was something for me. And also I just wanted to hear from other people. If y'all want to share something that's allowed you to, to ask for help, to not be so hyper independent. Um, I'll, I'll, um, me asking for help was 15 years ago when I married my husband. Um, it was so hard for me as an individual and as an older person, knowing um, that it was okay to ask for help. I still struggle with it to this day, but he made it more comfortable for me to ask for help, especially coming to him and asking for help. Um, so it made things a lot easier. It took weight off of my shoulder um, and growing, um, and me experiencing how his, I've never, like I stated, I've never met my husband's side of the family, but seeing how his family interacts with each other, I'm like, whoa, I've been missing this all, all my life. How they, you know, I mean, they literally, literally were, I couldn't do, I, I really couldn't brush my teeth by myself. That, that's just how it was. And I'm like, oh my God. And sometimes what my husband explained to me as well is sometimes people know when you need help and they just jump in. You don't actually have to ask for it. And I'm, I'm learning. I'm, I'm still learning because I still have that mindset that I can do it. Well, no, I like, I like being a dependent. I like depending on my husband and I like depending on people that is close to me, not depending on, you know, but I like depending on, you know, talking to Jen every day. I, I, I like that. I, um, that helps me. You know, so since we're talking to that helps me, you know, talking to you guys and actually having this podcast actually helps me mentally, um, physically and emotionally. So that's why, you know, 
this this kind of hit home for me um, because it, it 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 focused on it took me back and made me sit down and actually think. So, yeah, that's me. Well, that's good. I mean, I'm happy to be here. I'm pretty sure all of us are happy to be here, you know, to be that support group, that that pack in your wolf and you're not your own wolf pack, but you're in a pack. Get it? Hang okay, no, it was Zango. But <laughs> no, but yeah, totally, man. I definitely <laughs> no, but uh yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um it's very important that we basically start to grow and build our own group structures. And we don't all have to basically be in the same group, but having multiple group people, little friends that you can family members that you can count on and trust definitely helps improve what you're your personal growth and development. I know for one, I was very, uh, um, growing up, I'm, I wasn't easy. I was not easy, but over time I met people like Jordan. And then there's parts of my family members where things about my behavior and the way I conduct myself with people had to be changed and adjusted if they mattered to me. And it was, and it was, it was nothing bad. It was just understanding that how I may perceive something, people may not perceive it. And it, it's a skill that we're to the point now where, it, it, it's almost like second nature to me where, you know, if I, if they, if I send somebody needing something, I don't, I don't wait for them to ask. I just yo I know you needed help. I don't know what it is, but if you tell me I got you, no matter what it is, even if I ain't got a lot, I'm gonna still go on my way for my peoples. And, and the same thing for, for my close friends and uh, family members as well. Um, it is, it is scary. Cause like you said, we all grow up. Um, and especially in America nowadays, we all, once you get once you get to school and things of that nature, it's telling you to, yo, they what's the saying? It's a doggy dog world. No one's gonna be there to help you. It, it it's every man for himself, which is unfortunately not the case. Because no matter how you look at it, whether you need to get your car clean or you need to get a job, somebody has to like something about you in order for you to get that foot in the door in order for you to get something in this world to move around in. And uh, I um I try to struggle. I start to try to educate people on that. It's like you don't need people, but you do need people, because without them, the entire world that you know will not exist without the group of people that built the car, that built the house you live in, and that that's able to stock the grocery store. Whether you're in, whether you're basically directly affected to them or not, they play a role in the whole social construct that we need as one to grow and to basically build strength. And I feel like, especially within our culture, we on the 24-7, oh, as soon as I'm 18, I got to be out the house. Not saying, oh, let's build, not saying, yo, let me help mom and dad pay off this house so that way it can basically extend the whole concept of like, you know, generational wealth. Let's invest in a business. People say you don't do business with family. I disagree. You do business with certain family, not everybody, but this is this is that skill you got to learn. You, like being afraid to get hurt, get, being afraid to fail is a part of life. So if you're taking a if you're taking a risk and trying to build something with a close friend or a family member and it doesn't work out. Now, you know, that person is not fit for that type of structure of of, of relationship. They, they're good. You can probably hang out with them, have a cup of coffee, but they're not one for you to build business with, for you to say everybody in your family, everybody that's close to you, you don't want to deal with money wise is kind of, it doesn't make any sense. How else are you supposed to grow in the community? Then that also, that also seeds like, uh, 
hatred and jealousy for some reason, because it's like people coming to you wanting to do something with you, but you'd rather do it with a complete stranger than with somebody, you know, that also creates, that also creates like, you know, um, that's in a sense, burning bridges, so to speak. So it's, it's very fun to have this kind of discussion as we are doing right about now. And um, basically going out there and having it with people as well, because Mm -hmm. we need to know that, you know, it's okay for us to try and, for the lack of a better term, get hurt. But it's not the end of the world. Learn that skill about picking, um, like filtering out people in your lives. Learn who's going to be the benefit. And I don't mean by, oh, everyone has to play a benefit. But in a sense, yes, they don't have to be monetary, but they can be spiritual. They can be emotional. They can be providing ideas. They could be your muse. And you one day decide to be a singer and they support you even though you can't sing a day in your life, but it's that support. It's that, it's that connection you get, you know, I support all you. that jazz, whatever you want. Exactly. That kind of thing. Yeah. It, it's Mike. I'm so glad that you said that too. <laughs> I support you. If you want to be a singer, I got you. I'm, I'm there. I am there. Hoorah. <laughs> um, filtering the right people in your life for different seasons in your life. Like, I think I trust the process and I have like over time and I look back, I really trusted people in whatever season I was at in that moment. And like Jen said, it's like people's joy. When I realized that it was their joy to help out, I was completely taken back by it. Cause I'm like, for me, it was a burden but for somebody else. It's somebody else's gift. And they helped me in like five minutes. It's where I would have been stuck on it for years, I'm sure, on that one thing trying to get to somewhere. You can't get to places without people. Um, and it's it's just proven over and over and over again. Now I'm like, I, I guess I had the habit of saying it in my brain. I always have to be careful. Be careful what you tell your brain. I don't need help. I don't need help. Then your brain starts, you know, yeah, it believes it, that you don't need it. But your body's like, I'm tired. Like we, we need to go like you, 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 you're pushing it right now. So it's like listening to your body, acknowledging your brain, and then realizing where your heart is at, at that given moment. That's so hard, but growing up, like if you, and and like Ebony said, it's nothing against family members. They made these sacrifices to be here. It was extremely difficult. What came out of it was the trauma that they released, you know, because they need to release it. And if you're in the household, that's, it's kind of like environmental thing. Having different environments is so critical because the second that I was able to leave my house and go to a library or go to the corner store, I saw other ways of being. There were some ways where it wasn't, you know, it was too much of a muscle memory. Like I was like, yeah, no, that's not going to work. And then there's other things like, I cannot believe that people do this for a living or, you know, this, this, whatever it was, was something that people were actually making a living off of and that just piqued curiosity. So always being like curious for things is so curiosity is good. And I want our kids to always be curious because as long as they're curious, they're going to go for these different avenues in life. And when people decide to um, tell you no or profile you because of what whatever perceptions they have going on, they really shrink. And when we shrink ourselves, it's just not healthy. So asking questions and just having this vibrational need for like connection and life and curiosity will always like feed your heart. Um, And it puts your ego aside because now you have something in common with 
these people that you would never thought would be a thing. I love this group. Did I tell you guys? I love this group. Every one of you. Like I love all of you. All of you. Oh yes, we love you. Yes, love this group. Yeah, and you know, both of you touched on the you know the importance of the social our social circle. You know, Jen's question initially was what helped us to to be able to get out of this mindset that we're independent and we can't ask for help. Like, what helped us get out of that? Um, And for me, it was really being able to be with people that you know, like. Trish talked about, you know, people that it's a pleasure for them to help. And it's not, you know, when I ask them for help, it's not like, oh gosh, you asked me for help again. Like, it's not those type of people. Like, when I was, when I was surrounded by people that genuinely loved me and wanted to help me and wanted to see the best for me and spoke words of affirmation over me, it made it so much easier for me to, to ask for help because it was like, I, I could see that it wasn't a burden to them. Even in my head, even though I'm thinking, oh my gosh, they have so many things going on and what if, you know, and I don't want them to have to take on my, looking at them, it was like, okay, well, this is going on in my head, but reality says something completely different. And after being able to experience that so many times, then I was able to say, okay, you know what? There's something not right up here. Let me get that out, wash it out, put something good in there and then try again. And I think another thing that helped me is my mom is probably one of like the most supportive people in my life. I, you know, went through an independent phase. I wouldn't say hyper-independent, but I went through an independent phase where I felt like I had to do everything by myself. Um, But I knew that if I needed something, I could call my mom. And it didn't matter what it is. She would always support me, whether it was physically, emotionally, financially. She would always be there for me. And when I was able to be old enough to take a step back and look at the love that she showed me, it was like, oh, okay. This is what it's supposed to feel like. This is, this is that inter- interdependence that you know I, I hear about and I see. Like this, this is that model. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think your social support system is probably the biggest thing that for me helped me to get out of that that mindset that I had to do everything by myself because I was finally around people that let me know verbally, it's okay, we got you, like. You know, you have a lot, we see that there's a lot going on, like, and I think somebody else said this, you know, you don't, you don't have to, sometimes you don't even have to ask for help because they'll say, you know, I see you have a lot going on, you know, is there anything that I can help you with? And that opened the door and made me think, okay, they're asking me, so that means that they want to actually help me, so I'm just going to throw it out there. Um, and initially, yeah, in the back of my mind, it was like, well, if they don't do it, then I'm going to do it anyway, so might as well just ask. Um, but then as I, like I said, as I got used to being able to ask, it was like, oh, okay, this person reliable i can depend on them they they truly do support me oh yeah yeah going back to what you said about motherhood i also had um my mom she's very very um supportive in that way like she'll give to you know every bit of her like she's always there when any of her children need her and i think um seeing that being mirrored to you from an early age really sets you up for how you're going to react, especially like if it's mother to mother, son to father, kind of, you know, that situation, whatever you're being mirrored is probably more likely how you're going to operate. Well, from my point of view, from, from, from me being, having such a strong maternal foundation, 
um, just seeing how that plays out now, how, you know, with my own daughter, I'm very like her needs, I'm there. Like she's gonna be safe in my environment and just working through um, a lot of those different things. So being intentional about what you received um, as a child, I feel like it seems so, I don't know, it seems so simple, but I feel like you can't underestimate also, like, sorry, Kirsty. No, it's okay. I, I'm so I sorry, I couldn't tell. Okay, were you done? I'm so sorry. Yeah, I was done. Okay, all right, I thought so. Um, the, like, to not underestimate, like, what it means to just, like, when you you know, say something to somebody, you know, versus not saying something to somebody like that sense of like that we are humans in connection with each other, even like the hello or the pausing to take a minute to ask somebody for real how they are, not the like how they are, where they're just going to tell you fine. That moment where you see someone's face and you know, maybe they're not all, all okay. And, and you were, you go in instead of going away. Right. And I think you cannot underestimate. And I think I, you know, I've spent most of my professional life working in schools and both with the adults and kids in schools, you just cannot underestimate what it means just to say hello to somebody or to check in and be like, how are you today? And really take five minutes to listen. And I think in that way, like turning towards that and putting that out in the world repeatedly, like I, to me, that feels like something we can all do anytime to like build that sense that connection is what we're here for versus that sense that we are, we are separate from each other. I don't know. I mean, I can be a little idealistic, I know, but I've just seen the power of that in the in the schools and buildings I've worked in. I've experienced it myself when I've been having a day and someone's just like said something nice or just stopped to take a minute and show me that like as a human being, I care about you. And then I've also heard from kids the difference it can make when someone does or doesn't, you know, when you walk around feeling alone, like nobody gets you or cares. So. Um, I definitely agree with you on that, but I also want to say this that it's important for us not to forget the individuals that we have met throughout our lives that were nice towards that were our support even though they may not be here to uh to say that there aren't any good there it's hard to find people out there yes and no but it's also based on who we decide to let into our lives whether they're good or bad we choose to let them into our lives and um we'll, we'll take the hit for that but we can't never forget that there are good people out there that are genuinely caring for us and they were there for that season. And that was that. And so you got to be very open and, and understanding that everybody is here for a season and some are here for a lot longer. Some are here just for short, but the, the kindness still remains in the fact that there is people out there and we got to focus on that part that it may be dip. It may come off difficult, but it isn't difficult. It, it's 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 like anything else that we do. We're gonna keep trying. We're gonna fail, but we're still gotta keep trying though. Because whether 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 you look at it like they weren't there for you, but at least you knew how to be a good person to somebody else, and that plays itself in its uh, personal growth as an individual, and you know teaching you a skill about something you didn't know that you probably had that you could able to help somebody with. There, you know, be a support system in a in a in a variety of different ways, uh, focusing on. The I know it sounds like an oh it sounds too much of a uh, very positive and optimistic person, but it is it it it, it holds sway. It's it's it, it's true that I've met people. We've all met people that, like you said, they had a point in our lives. They're not, but they were good to us. They helped us out. 
They, 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 they provided that sense of comfort. They put a smile on our faces, even when we didn't need it or when we really needed it from the coffee barista to the person behind the cashier somewhere, they all played that role that one, that one particular time. So there's people out there. It's just that we got to be understanding that this is that skill that we're lacking where we got to basically filter out people and understand like, you know, Hey, unfortunately you got an expiration date, but you cool but I'm gonna let you go, but you got to ask, but thank you for what I've learned and moving forward. You've made, you, you've played a role in my part that actually, whether I realize it or not, you helped me grow to be a better person. Yeah, that's, that's critical right there. Um, it's that trust versus mistrust. And that is like, when I look back at, I'm just thinking about academic wise, Eric Erickson's model of, the foundation that you're built on is trust versus mistrust. And I think Christy was saying it as she has a daughter. I know I don't know how old your daughter is, but as a child, I remember somebody saying, oh, just let them cry, they're spoiled. And this is a baby, let them cry, they're spoiled. A baby needs to have attachment with their parents. It is a chemical release to calm down. When it goes ignored, you not only not get that good chemical biologically to be released, now you're fighting something that you don't know how to regulate yourself. You don't know how to calm down. So it sets a path for you moving forward in life for destruction, for drama, for things that, and then it starts getting so strong that you don't know the other side of it, the calmness, the, the relaxation stuff. So it is a big thing. And it's sad because, um, and this is probably a memo, let's do a memo, <laughs> you know, for like the parents that are not one parent missing out of the home is destructive for that child indefinitely for a very long period of time. One, one misstep in your childhood and you miss that milestone of like, you know, trying to try to trust people versus not trusting people. Now you don't have a connection. It, it's, it's really dangerous. So I, I like that we're talking about this because it, it's really deep grounded in us, depending on where we're at environmentally, socially, um, physically, you know, I got it through physical sports. Now that is where I never anticipated. I just wanted to play sports because I didn't want to go to school, but then like, Hey, you got to do academics, you know, like there's all these little steps that you got to do. And every step, like Mike said, every step along the way, there was somebody there, random person waiting to take you to the next level in your life. Like no matter what it was. And it was just perfectly aligned but you got to get out of your, your comfort zone in order for that to happen. Like you physically got to go outside to get that to happen. Cause if you don't like you're, you're missing on all your blessings. Like Mike said, if I go down to the corner store, the bakery, cause you know, there's like 60 bakeries down Germany street, like everything. everything. <laughs> <laughs> One smile sets me for my day and I'm a smiler, but with the mask, it's kind of hard to see, but it's just one small gesture makes such a huge difference, a huge difference. Um, and then I want to just mention this really quickly. I also remember living living in the city and you couldn't stare at nobody because they would blow up, right? And you'd be like, oh my God, but they don't want to be seen. And if you're seeing at them, it's offensive for them. But that's what they've been taught for so long. So when I think about how reactive somebody is, I'm like, wow, they haven't had that connection. They haven't had that trust with anybody because now it's the reactive thing and it's it looks like when you need something you cry the loudest like that's how you know those are the ones that need the most love not to say that go out there and just like you know but those are the ones that need the most love because they've gone without it you can tell it is very transparent and it's damaging so that's it
I just wanted to say something real quick that um, a question came in from one of our viewers, Janika. Um, she posted, if you're not okay mentally, how can you be okay? How can you mentally support someone else or help someone else in a sense if they need help? Um, that's one of the things I had, I was about to type to say pretty much a hurt person can't help another hurt person or a mentally not okay person can't help another mentally not okay person. Um, so that's, that's what I want to, that's something else because growing up, I, 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 I piggyback on what Mike said, do thank them, but I couldn't thank them in the past because I was an individual that wasn't mentally okay. And I was hurt. So I can't, I, I didn't take that smile that you get from the bakery as, oh, my day is going to be okay. No, because I was not, I wasn't there mentally. I wasn't there emotionally. I wasn't there spiritually, even though the barista but gave me the best coffee and asked me how my day was by me being this individual that was hurt mentally, not okay. I couldn't enjoy that question because I wasn't in the, the right state of mind. So I, I get what Mike was saying, you know, don't forget that. But when you're not in that right state of mind, you can't enjoy the little things and the little ones, even though you don't know that name or their name, you can't enjoy that. So that's something individuals have to work on too. You have to be in that mental, that mental state in order to enjoy the smile, to enjoy the question, how are you? Have a great day or how can I help you? You have to be in that right state of mind to receive the help that's needed. And I can be receiving it too, right? Like the more that you get, the less it'll take back those layers. The more that you get it because you're overwhelmed with everything. When you're in the storm, you're in the storm. You can only yeah. go so far. You can mm -hmm. help somebody. You can only go so far as you can go with that person. Yeah. You yep. can yep. be helpful, yep. but yeah, but you can only go so far because mm -hmm. I've known when growing up in Toronto, like we were all going through the same thing. We, you know, out of our house at 13, like parents, you know, physical, you know, like all of that stuff. And we helped each other get out of the city. We like met up, you know what I mean? Like her people, you know, you still have a good heart most of the time. Like you want to do good. You want to be loved. And that's why we have those people. And then we have people that are going into gangs because they're just reaching out and screaming out for support, but they don't know what's healthy and appropriate rather than versus the other alternative. Yeah. Good question. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because, you know, um, just because you're having issues, just because you're hurt, doesn't mean that you can't help somebody else. And doesn't mean that you helping somebody else doesn't help you. Like like you said, Josh, doesn't help you to pull yourself out of the mess. Because for some people, and, and there's a, a, a sensitive, delicate balance, because for some people, they're so hyper fixated on helping other people, they use that to um, kind of forget about the other stuff that they have going on, right? But then there's that, perfect spot where you helping other people gives you that energy, gives you that drive, gives you that that love, that, that feeling. It energizes you enough to be like, okay, now let me take this energy and focus it in right? Um, so just having, being aware that just because you're hurt doesn't mean you have to shut out the whole world. Like if somebody asks you for help, it doesn't mean you have to be like, no, I can't help you. I got my own stuff going on. 
Now, obviously, if you're in a place where you legitimately can't help with whatever they're asking for, yes, of course. But not completely closing out the world just because you're hurting. Being able to say, yes, I'm hurting in this moment, but doing this little thing for this person, maybe that's going to make you feel Maybe that's that little thing that you need to kind of shift the energy. Um, so just being mindful of that. And then in response to what Dina said about removing toxic people from your life, yeah, removing people from your life is definitely hard. Um, but just because people are in a bad space, people are hurting, um, a lot of times we automatically assume this person is hurting and they're doing hurtful things, so they're toxic, I just need to throw them away. Um, but sometimes throwing people away isn't always the best solution. You know, sometimes you just need to love them from a distance. It doesn't mean you have to burn the bridge and chop down trees and build a whole another. You don't have to do all that. Sometimes you just have to understand it and set healthy boundaries so that you can protect yourself, you can protect your heart, you can protect your sanity, like Julika said. But you're still there for that person. You're still able to say, I see you, I hear you, I see that you're hurting and I still love you. Um, it's, it's like a, it's a balance. And with that, we're going to come to a conclusion at this point. We're going to hit it off with our final um, final thoughts and, you know, um, reviews pretty much. Waiting on Christy to come back in. I guess that's going to be a minute. So anybody take on their final thoughts as regards for today's session? Jordan? I was just about to say I'll go first. All right. <laughs> um. So in talking about um, hyper-independence, man, we talked about a lot um, in this session. And for me, um, I guess my, my takeaway from everything that we talked about today is really asking, asking the question, if you're somebody who feels like you can't trust the world, you know, that you have to be totally independent because everybody is untrustworthy, everybody's let you down, everybody's hurt you, you know, I, I ask you to genuinely take a look within yourself. Um, take a look within yourself and, and really try to understand where that core belief is coming from. You know, take a look at your circle of friends and family and all the people that you've encountered in your life and really take stock. Are there people that you can trust? You know, is this truly a, a belief? You know, is this true that you can't trust anybody? Because I'm pretty sure if you, if you think about every individual that you've encountered, there is at least one person in your life that has proven that that statement to not be true. At least one person. Right? Um, there are good people out in the world. There are bad people too. But you can't allow the bad people to dictate how you live your life. You can't shut out the world because a handful of bad things a whole lot of bad things. Because then you're missing out on the whole point of life. Experiences, learning from our, our connections, learning from our experiences, learning from our past. So, that's all that I have. Um, I'll go next. Uh, we started off with the words of the meditation words of... Um, I use judgmental because I thought this was going to be another topic, but I'm going to change my word at the end of this. And I'm going to use my focus word is learning, learning how to recognize 
that may be a sentence, not a word, but recognize. Um, what I took from this is basically it's okay. It's okay to say I'm not okay today. <laughs> it's okay to say, guess what? I need your help today. Um, what I took from it, I'm not in this. I'm me personally. I'm not in this world by myself. Um, and I don't have to be this independent, strong black woman as I was, you know, taught to be. I can be a thug. Yeah, I'm a thug. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a thug, but it's okay for me to be just ebony. It's okay. Um, so I'm learning that. Um, and I'm learning that it's okay. Hey, Jen, can you pay for my coffee today? You know what I'm saying? No, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, and, and yeah, that's what I, that I think that I needed to change that from judgmental to it's okay to learning and to recognize, um, the cry. I ain't going to say cry outs, but just recognize that it's, it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to ask for help and it's okay you're not you're not no less than for asking for help. You're not less than because you ask for help. So yeah, that's what I got from it. I'm gonna flow right from that because I think that I just constantly need to remind myself and I just share it with y'all and you know that 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 idea that not only you know less than that like the strongest, hardest thing you can do often is know when you need help and ask for help. And it is way harder to do that than to, I'm going to figure this out on my own. You know, I'm going to get my hammer out and hit everything like it's a nail until I figure it out. Um, is that is the strongest and hardest thing, you know, and I got to remember that and kind of live that in the world. Um, and then the other thing I really am thinking about is just um, how much risk and vulnerability there is in this and like what happens when we take the risks and, and what, you know, thinking about when I've been able to take the risk. It's always been worth it one way or the other. But what's helped me to do that? For me, it's always been other people who've reminded me the why or the, you know, it's just supported me in doing it. Um, but there's, it's that risk, you know? Um, and the good things, they mostly often require that some level of risk. So we keep doing that thing. For me, my takeaway um, is just um, balance. How does, you know, how does um, reaching out look like to you? Like, how, how are you feeling safe in the world and how you can balance that out yourself? Because your perspective and the stories you're telling yourself is ultimately your responsibility. How are we going to create balance and make sure that your perspective on um, being able to balanced in your dependence on people really propelling you forward. So that's my takeaway. Trish, you can go. I'm a gentleman. I'm going to let you go. Okay. Oh, you're so kind. Um, my takeaway from this is you got to feel safe. You have to feel safe in order to ask for help. Um, know that there are people out there. It's not. It doesn't look materialistic, and that's I think a huge thing. Um, it doesn't look. It's a simple conversation. Simple. Ask for what you need. Whatever's echoing on your heart. Ask for what you need. Have those conversations because somebody might say something that sparks 
an interest in you, gives you that one little bit of light. And that's something that I've taken away my whole life is like, wow, I had this conversation with somebody and I just can't believe how much I got back from it. Like I was, I left with so much more than I came in with and what I was expecting. Those are the best conversations. Those are the best people to be around with. Um, and just, you've got to be comfortable with being vulnerable sometimes, but in, in a safe space. So if you've got a couple of friends and family that are safe and they're honest and they, they always show up for you when you need it, those are some, those are some, some go-getters. So I've been doing this thing lately where I'm looking back to see all of the people that I can remember till this day that have helped me, helped me in the most, the moments where they didn't even realize where I was at. And I can literally pick up the phone and call them and still have the best conversation. And I haven't talked to them in years, years. And I feel so rich because of that. So I want that for everybody, especially like Jordan said, it just takes one person, one person. But if you got five, you're rich. Hell, if you got two, you're rich. <laughs> so that's it. For me, I'm going to go ahead and go with the uh, great story of uh, Dory finding Nemo. Yeah, finding Nemo. Just keep swimming. That that's Just keep swimming. Because if you remember back in the film, he lost his wife, him raising his kid by his own. So he met Dory. Then he met the seed circles. And then thousands of other fish, animal, aquatic-like people that helped him find his way out of a fish tank. So, you know, in that concept, are there going to be some bad people? Absolutely. But remember the ones that helped you just keep swimming. That's all you really need. In the world, even though some of us can't swim, I, I can't. I ain't falling for that. I can. But if you can't, just keep walking, I guess. I, I don't know what to tell you. It's the whole concept of it all, man. Like, seriously, um, just keep swimming. It's, it's going to be hard, but just keep swimming. There's people out there that's going to basically benefit you. Your life ain't your life could be the crappiest of it all. But underneath that pile of crap, there's a pearl. You just got to sift through it a little bit and appreciate the little things that you uh, and also appreciate the people that can do what they can for you within their means. If they can't do anything else beyond of what you're asking for, it doesn't mean they don't want to help you. It's just that they themselves are not able mentally, physically, financially, emotionally are able to do that. But appreciate the times that they have. And that's it. That's all I got. So everybody, mics off. Let's go ahead and say goodbye to the whole gang that's listening. Come on. Turn your mics off. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Thank this you all for joining us on another episode of Beyond yeah. the Summer Parts. Until next time, bye. 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 Fun. Good times. Good times. Good times. Uh, yo. <laughs> nice. Hey, that looks so cool. <laughs> I meant she's still.